That is a jam. He is so good, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, that um, rigor mortis. Yes, nailed it. Yeah, that that was actually like one of the main Kendrick tracks that like kind of got me into him, and it's still just kind of always been one of my favorite tracks by him because it's just like this. I swear to God, he does it in one take. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> I, I I just don't. I just don't hear like any editing yeah, in it. I'm really fucking it, impressed. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, it's it, yeah. It well it would be insane if he did it in one take. But yeah. I think like that's one thing that I do kind of miss Kendrick doing more tracks like that, <laughs> yeah. like doing songs where it really is just like a good beat, him just killing the beat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as we've continued <laughs> on with Kendrick, it's just like the levels of fucking producing is so high, which is awesome to listen to. Mm. Don't get me wrong, but. You know he he got started up and like in section eighty and and, yeah. and that that era was him just putting out really good fucking beats and mm-hmm. and just absolutely phenomenal phenomenal verses like he has a song on that album called High Power, mm-hmm. which is a really fucking amazing song too. Um, so I I still miss that Kendrick every now and then. Yeah, I definitely get that, man. I he and um like I, I would kind of compare that to like Childish Gambino a little bit too. Like his early stuff was basically just about him showing off his incredibly like clever lyrics, super funny, um, but also like you know kind of fast paced like that and like a real um he's got really good flow. Um, and now his later stuff, right. w- which I do like, um, it's good in like a different way kind of more mellow where he's experimenting with a bit a little bit more kind of genres um and then i i did listen to childish gambino's like latest album that you said kind of sounds like clipping i didn't love it <laughs> it wasn't my favorite <laughs> i mean it was i definitely went back and listened to it some and it was definitely different like that's kind of why i related it to clipping not even so much in that it sounded completely like them mm. but definitely it was similar and there was definitely not as much of a commercial appeal yeah, to it yeah definitely and clipping definitely has a tendency of like, let's just put in like fucking the loudest white noise <laughs> ever made by man for like a good 10 seconds on a beat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, is that really a good idea? I'm like, really. <laughs> it gives me it gives my ears something to really listen for. Yeah. But it, 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 it I've I think that if I have to turn a song down. Because the sound effect or whatever you've put into that song is so piercingly loud. Yeah, now you're talking about death grips. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's the only thing. Like, is it dope? Is it super interesting to listen to? Sure. But if I'm driving in my car and I'm like on my way to work and it's just like, you know, fucking 
yeah, Death Grips like, blah, blah, blah. yeah, and like it's like, ah, oh, God, it's so fucking loud, yeah. and like I gotta turn it down, right? It's like I don't really think that's great producing. Yeah, I think yeah, I remember you first introduced me to clipping, well, and Death Grips actually, um, but clipping I would like totally fell in love with, but there that song like I think Body and Blood, um, you were just banging in your car, it was super loud, and there's that one part in the song that sounds like a pneumatic drill or something and still yeah. every time i listen to it it reminds me of like being at the dentist and i'm like as much as i love this song i don't love the vibes it gives me like i'm terrified <laughs> i feel well, like exactly. somebody's gonna be rooting around in me <laughs> in, <laughs> right. my, in my mouth uh not it, anyway. yeah well you know tomato tomato <laughs> exactly um your dentist didn't you know do that <laughs> i mean maybe Just while fine. i was under i don't know oh okay <laughs> Yeah, they have been known to do that from time to time. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, anyways, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, welcome back. Let's get let's get into it. Episode 81, right? God, we are yeah. so close to finishing this thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been having a lot of internal debate about it lately, but I think I have a lot of ideas for the future. Yeah, cool. So I think I'm I think I'm I think I'm kind of ready to to get to 100 on this thing call it a day and you know i always kind of thought that we would come back though like maybe do maybe do episodes that were like big things that we get to do or if we finally like do some of the stuff we've talked about doing i've kind of thought and and you know coming back and and you know just doing like a a catch-up episode yeah and, and stuff like that like i don't yeah. want it to completely be dead i just I want to I want to stop having it be our primary focus and doing an episode every week, basically. Yeah, right. Yeah, because we have burnt through some ideas. I'll tell you that. Definitely. <laughs> That's kind of been my issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, so, yeah, we um, kind of had we're do, we're kind of I feel like we're kind of doing a little bit of an old school episode. Yeah, a little bit. We don't have a lot of extra stuff planned. Yeah. We don't really have any corners. We don't really have any things to go back and forth <laughs> on. So it's just kind of our, our two friends, three questions standard formula today. Yeah, like the good old days. Yeah. Uh, what what got all the fans here, man? <laughs> I I actually, I did get on SoundCloud last night because I, I always have to get on SoundCloud to remember what episode we are on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just because I never trust myself, so. But I got on and looked, and I mean, we're still getting like 25, 30 plays an episode. Yeah, that's definitely more than I thought would happen. I don't, I definitely don't know 25 to 30 people that have reached out and told me they listened to it. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then I, I can tell like when we, when we work the algorithm like unintentionally, like our Welcome to Margaritaville episode <laughs> oh, yeah. has like 50 or something, yeah, and I'm exactly. like, oh, well, that was. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know if all 50 made it all the way through, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> maybe, maybe next podcast should specifically be a Jimmy Buffett podcast. What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like we would have a lot to talk about because yeah. Jimmy Buffett is fucking weird. <laughs> exactly. And he's released like 35 fucking albums or something stupid like that. <laughs> we could just review every Jimmy Buffett album. <laughs> we we could. And that would last us about a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would. It would be. I, I think if there's one thing I've learned, I think what I'm going to do is anytime I listen to a podcast that doesn't have a big following, I'm going to reach out and talk to those people. Yeah. 
You know what yeah. I mean? And the reason I say that is just because like, it's really hard to get, fe- we really only get feedback from our core group of people yeah. or like mildly racist white people. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I haven't really got to get a lot of insight off people. So I wonder if that guy too, I was thinking about it cause I, I went ahead and looked us up on, on uh, the Apple podcast. Yeah. App. You're so and mean. I wanted to, I, 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 I kind of wanted to look and see if, if there was anything new I hadn't looked yeah. at and there uh, wasn't. Yeah. I didn't think so, but I did kind of have the thought. I'm like, I wonder if this guy has continued to listen to the podcast. Though. <laughs> God, I, you know, I think if he had, he would probably would have stopped around the episode that you were talking shit about him for probably 20 minutes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and he might've turned it off. Well, that's kind of why I was like, man, I kind of hope he does that. Cause, yeah. I, Cause I'm also like, I also wonder if like, oh, do you do a fucking podcast? <laughs> right. Let me, let me hear it. <laughs> yeah. Let, let me hear, let me hear your hot take, sir. Yeah, exactly. As um, I continue to fucking do this thing, whether we do good or not. You right. No, I like what you're saying about like reaching out to people that don't have a huge following. I, um, recently discovered a new podcast because check this out. Crazy cool idea. I wish I would have thought of this earlier. Um, I bought some vinyl on Discogs, uh, last week. And when it came in the mail, um, there was a little flyer in it that had like a little logo that was like, Hey, check out our podcast. If you're into, if you're into vinyl, check out our podcast. Um, it's called, I buy that for a dollar. So here, here, here you go. Free shout out podcast. Awesome podcast to check out. If you're into music and vinyl, uh, I'd buy that for a dollar. It's basically this guy that um reviews albums that you would find in like the dollar bin at a record store so that actually is a fucking good idea it's actually a pretty good idea yeah and he's i've I've listened to a few episodes so far and it's pretty baller like there's some there's they they did a whole episode about huey lewis and the new sports album um (laughs) which i just love that album by the way so (laughs) i was really into that (laughs) so so but yeah I, i actually reached out to that guy back on discogs and i was like hey man thanks again by the way i checked out your podcast and it's dope so thank you and he was ecstatic so yeah <laughs> the yeah, marketing I, worked <laughs> exactly um i did have a funny thought what fucking box could we <laughs> hey if you like insert here <laughs> then check out two friends three questions exactly <laughs> really nothing oh, <laughs> like, man. <laughs> we would be pretty unmarketable we're I very think. unmarketable yeah <laughs> yeah just fucking like i don't know like hey if you have a mild drinking problem and hate Steve Harvey, check out Two Friends, Three Questions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you hate the Paul brothers and tell everyone you know about it? Check out Two Friends, Three Questions. Perfect, yes. <laughs> All right, well, Mitch, let's let's get into the episode here. Uh, you want to do what you're drinking? Yeah, let's do what you're drinking. Um, uh, you probably didn't sense a lot of excitement in my voice because um, this is going to be yeah, one of the. <laughs> you, you're correct. I did not. Yeah, this is going to be one of the lamest things I've had in a while. Um, but fuck it. Um, so since it is January again, I'm back on the uh, keto train. So I've been doing that this week. So I figured. You new know, year, new me, baby. Exactly, new year, new <laughs> me. Um, so I decided to go with a Bud Light seltzer. Um, this one's pineapple, which I don't think I've had before. So. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Take a swig and tell me. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> I think I... <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, I think I've had the pineapple. I think I like the pineapple a lot. Yeah, it's pretty um, good. So here's a thing 
that chaps my ass. Did you know that the running slash workout community is like just fucking mean? <laughs> um, no, I, I didn't know that. I usually stay away from the running community for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they're just like fucking mean because like I was at Reddit at work one day and uh, I was scrolling through and I kind of somehow just started to go through random subreddits because mm-hmm. I'm like, what is this? And I was joking around with my boss and I was on a fitness subreddit and I was okay. joking around. I was like, is this what I sound like when I talk about like video games and shit? Because <laughs> I have no clue what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have a frame of reference for this shit. Um, so I was just kind of joking around about that. But then there is a there was a sticky thread for everybody to go complain about january gym time oh god yeah i knew you were gonna bring this up yeah and all the 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 new year new me people and i was just like and they were fucking mean (laughs) it wasn't even like nobody was impartial nobody was like i get it i you know like is that not how you got started one year i'm sure there is one of you who who was a new year new me person but you stuck with it and you followed through exactly yeah I'm sure one of the hundred of people that you're calling out will eventually do that. Like, yeah. it's just very mean spirited. And I imagine because it was a fitness Reddit or subreddit, um, there was a bit of fat shaming as well. I didn't. I, I mean, I think it was kind of subtle. It, nobody was waiting on that yeah. part, but I'm sure I could find it if I <laughs> yeah. really, you know, cared to look. But yeah, it, it, it just kind of blew me away. It's like, I understand, but like. You think if you were a, a fit, active person and you would really, you know, you you put in that time, that gym is your gym. And I respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, you would really like to encourage the people who come in and don't know how to use machines properly um, are kind of going to sweat and stink up your gym. You think you would encourage those people. Right. Yeah. Um, because I encourage people when they explore a new hobby. I don't make them feel like shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I was just kind of like, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess whatever. I don't know. I mean, I'm a fat piece of shit, so I'd, they'd be like, the fuck is that guy? <laughs> um. All right, Mish. Well, I am drinking Leinenkugel's Snowdrift Vanilla Porter. Ooh, that sounds pretty good, actually. So, just, uh, yeah, just the, it, it is a robust porter aged on real vanilla. Well, I hope so. What, <laughs> I would hope so using too. <laughs> imaginary vanilla. Huh. <laughs> you, you pretty heavy perplexed. on the vanilla. Pretty heavy on the vanilla. Okay. Gotcha. But uh, but it's not bad. That's good. I that's like good. it. It's it's kind of I, I think if you wanted a stout but didn't want to commit that heavily. Mm, okay. Uh, maybe you're trying to look cool. Like, <laughs> I got to drink a dark beer. All right. right. Let me get this vanilla porter. <laughs> so does out. it have like any sort of like coffee flavors in there? Are you getting any of that? I am drinking coffee. I, I, I immediately took a sip of coffee before I drank this, oh, and yeah. I will tell you, <laughs> it's kind of hard to distinguish between the two. I imagine, yeah. You're supposed to so cleanse your palate. So there is a <laughs> pretty heavy coffee flavor going on in this. I could pour this into my coffee, and it'd be like creamer, it'd be the I same think. thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no, this I'm pleasantly surprised. This is actually good. I will drink all six of these. <laughs> right uh, well, now. Well, not, not on the podcast, but... Do it. 
fucking pussy. <laughs> you won't. Uh, now I'm beer shaming you. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm beer shaming you. Yeah. Um, oh, shoot. Okay, well... All right, well, that's what we drinking. Uh, I think Mitch is going to have a bunch of boring-ass beers from here on out, is what I'm sensing. For the next few weeks, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Probably no, some Michelob. <laughs> yeah, some Michelob. I, did, I, I hung out with my mom the other day, and we, I drank some of her Michelob Ultra. Uh, it's pretty good. I, I kind of sometimes like think I should drink Michelob Ultra more. It's not too bad. I mean, all light beers are the same. Um, to quote my buddy Nick, um, it's like having sex in a boat. It's fucking close to water. <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, um, I love it. <laughs> it was pretty astute. Um, but yeah, uh, no, no, do your keto thing, man. I, you, I'm always impressed by your determination to keto. Oh. I'll throw this in real quick and we'll move on. So my mom is on a carnivore diet. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> That's and even I'm pretty, more extreme, extreme than keto. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she joined a fucking cult, dude. <laughs> it it I, and I and the results have been amazing. Like I, this woman has lupus. She goes to the doctor and they're like, "Do you have lupus?" And she's like, "Yeah." And they're like, "We can't tell." Whoa, that's cool. Yeah. And now my mom tends to embellish a little bit, yeah. so I'm a little bit like, because of her lupus, she every now and then will. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I'll i put it out there for people who don't know, is lupus is an autoimmune disorder, uh, but it will, on top of, you know, attacking your own body, will um, sometimes uh, call, it, it will fuck with your memory. Hmm. So every now and then growing up, this is what would happen. My mom would forget what something was called, yell at me to go get it, but not tell me what she wants and then yell at me for not knowing immediately what she's describing. Oh, geez. So yeah. like she was cooking one day and she's like, get me, uh, get me the, uh, the burger flippy thing. The thing you, you flip the burgers, the burger flippy thing. <laughs> I'm like a spatula. And she's like, yeah. So that would happen just all the time. Yeah. And then she would be like. She would just remember me doing things I never did. I'm like, no, I did not do. And then we're, <laughs> you know, we're. I don't know if you've ever done that with a family member screaming at each other, like you, like no, I did not do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez, so, man. Um, but yeah, she she got on this meat, the, this carnivore diet, man, and and uh, her her and her uh, boyfriend, and it, the results have been extreme. They both have lost a bunch of weight. They're they're. Uh, her her boyfriend had to take like blood pressure medicine. He doesn't have to take that at all now. Yeah. Um. So I just, but I gotta give her a hard time every time because she's just like, I mean, they just don't fucking eat vegetables. Yeah. See, that's a little that's a little like, extreme. But hey, if it's working for him and it shows like you know positive but, change, who am I to? I don't and that's what I tell her. Like, I always have to be like, Mom, I'm really just giving you a hard time because I do. I'm like, you joined the cult of the big meat industry, and I try to talk to her about bacon and why, like, bacon <laughs> is fucking dumb. Yeah, and, right. Like, it's it was just a marketing thing. Bacon's really not any different. But yeah, um, well, it's, I mean, it's just like when you're talking to somebody about vegetables and they're making you seem like the crazy one. Like, <laughs> oh, you eat vegetables like you were told to, and I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I was told to by you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, you made me fucking eat them. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, man. Like, 
like keto kind of like gets a bad rep too because like people can't understand the idea of like just eating like bacon and but there's a lot more to it than that like keto like you are allowed to have all the meats and cheeses your heart desires but also the idea is to fill up on lots of vegetables like a perfect meal would be like a chicken breast and then a shit ton of vegetables or a salad um so but but the like the idea is like if you're if you're eating a lot of meat not necessarily a good thing but if you're you know substituting the fact that you are now eating a lot of meat but you're eating no sugar no bread no processed foods or anything like yes well that can't be too bad like now if you're eating sugar bread and a lot of red meat you're gonna die (laughs) yeah and and that's that was what they were able to make me understand eventually is like it's it's that's basically what they said it's not that we're just eating meat yeah it's that we don't eat bread sugar processed food and then she also said but now in cooking and, and food that that kind of like larger trend is to you know oh, don't 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 use real butter don't use real butter you know use use vegetable butter mm-hmm. or you know it, it's and and i and i when i think about it i'm like because they basically like that's what her boyfriend's always said it's like the stuff they tell you not to eat actually you kind of need mm-hmm. like lard is better for you than all of the processed oils and stuff that you use to cook with yeah right like he's he's like like no fuck coconut oil don't eat that shit yeah um so there is some truth to it and and they always say well you can't argue with the results but that's why i just feel like they're a fucking cult they say the same thing every fucking time (laughs) yeah exactly yeah (laughs) um but they also they do it a way that you're supposed to do it which is they they do not go to the grocery store they go to a butcher wow so they eat only grass-fed meat. They eat only grass-fed butter. Dang. <laughs> they don't buy any... They don't even buy normal salt, bro. They yeah. buy un-iodized salt. Like, fucking... They just have salt. Like, you know, they basically, like... I don't know how they get salt. They just yeah. reach in the ground, like, here's salt. And they just put it in a jar. And they're like, here, here, here's salt. Um, so that's, that's even a more extreme way of doing it. But they said that's why, though. Yeah, yeah. All... All that processed shit, all that stuff that ends up in your food when you buy it from the supermarket, we do not ingest. Mm-hmm. And and I will agree. I mean, my mom used to be very overweight and have high blood pressure and had lupus, and she used to be addicted to Diet Coke. And it was really hard to watch her come home after a day and, like, barely be able to walk upstairs. Yeah. Now the, the woman is skinnier than I am and, you know, is, is doing great. Apparently, I don't know, she cured her lupus i guess (laughs) yeah i guess yeah (laughs) um but yeah it's just crazy man if you ever have a family member and they're like man i kind of want to get into the carnivore diet just fucking uh be ready (laughs) because they are Does, does she do eggs is that like a thing on the carnivore diet uh yeah they do eggs they i mean really they literally just eat meat protein Mm -hmm. they eat you know stay like they dude they (laughs) She she had us over and she cooked us these T bone steaks. She had T bone steaks. Uh, she made us potatoes and she made a little bread. They kind of wanted to like eat a little bit of bread, and then a salad. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they cook up like mushrooms and onions to put on their steak. That's you know kind of where they fit in some vegetables, I guess. That, mm-hmm. Uh, ones that they can't live without. But they they were telling me what they ate that day. That morning they ate a New York strip with. <laughs> 
with eggs. <laughs> uh, for lunch, they had like a porterhouse. God. <laughs> and then they're just eating a T-bone. And I'm like, that sounds fucking exhausting. And it also sounds fucking pricey. Who can order, a, who can make themselves a porterhouse for every meal? <laughs> apparently, when you go through a butcher, man, it's a different ball game. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. Because it's, 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 uh, it's straight from them butchering it to you. There's mm-hmm. no middleman. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny, man. It's a trip. I mean, I, I do, I respect it, but that, cause that's what I asked them last time. I'm like, they're like, oh yeah, we eat chicken, we eat fish. Like we eat all that. We just, you know, we don't eat broccoli. <laughs> Broccoli's right. the devil. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that seems weird. Um, but all right. Anyways, Mitch, let's do a lightning round. All right. Let's do it to it. Mitch, I we I think we had an in, an iteration of this question, but because I think you asked me one last episode, what was the last movie that made me cry? I think uh, was, maybe. I think I I th- really thought because I was going to ask you what was the last album or song that made you cry. Oh, that's an easy one. Well, we talked about um, on the top five albums of 2020, um, mm. The Desert mm. Noises. Probably that album definitely did make me cry, but that was also you know, partly because of the circumstances. Um, there are definitely... I don't I don't cry a lot when I listen to music um, unless it obviously reminds me of a certain traumatic experience in my life, like the passing away of my mother. Um, so there are a few right. songs, like specifically like songs that were playing like at her funeral that I just can't really listen to anymore because I definitely will break down. Um, but no, I that, well, I wanted to kind of like touch on like you said, there's certain songs that you know probably played at her yeah. you know funeral mm-hmm. or her viewing that that you can't really listen to. I definitely understand that. Um, now I can't listen to Shine Down because I'm a grown man who will cry at a Shine Down song because they you know played one when my friend James died at his viewing. Oh yeah. So now I cry at Shine Down. Yeah. I'm like, well, I can't do that. <laughs> Which is kind of it's it's a little funny. It's sad, but it's funny because Shine Down. Oh, it's Down, super funny. Do you know what Shine Down song it was? It was that um that fucking ballad they came out with. Oh, that one was so that was huge. Ah, I know what what is it called? I don't remember. Yeah, you everyone knows. It was yeah. fucking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but it works really well for that. And it yeah. and it did fit. Um, so but and there's some other ones. There's some random ones. There's a there's like a random Chevelle song that they play because I think he had he had a friend or his girlfriend at the time, like really did did him a pretty good solid and, and came up with a pretty solid like playlist for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, yeah. So Cool. Oh, um, I thought of another one that's kind of good that doesn't really have anything to do with my personal like traumatic life experiences. But um, I I would always like um, cry when I listen to Johnny uh, Johnny Cash um, American Four um, album, which is oh. the, the album that has like the cover of like Hurt on it, and yeah. it's basically just a cover album. And th- that one, if you haven't listened to it, it is absolutely amazing because um, it was basically the last album he put out before his death. And it was like, you know, a short time after his wife had passed away. And if you do a little bit of research, like you, it it, it made me appreciate it more because like he was at a point in his life where he was getting old and wasn't happy anymore. And on top of this, his wife had just passed away 
and he was just depressed and he wanted to keep making music so he put out this album but he was too old and weak to like play any instruments so he didn't actually play any instruments all he did was vocals um and you can just hear like the gravelly you know depression in his voice and knowing the context of that when i go back and listen to it i was like it just kind of makes me feel like fuck man this is this is game changing it's a heavy album yeah super heavy yeah when you really know that context it it definitely changes the way you listen to it yeah definitely um i was just gonna say mine real quick my last one and we may have even talked about on the podcast but was probably kendrick lamar's damn oh yeah because i had the privilege of like having the day off it came out and i popped in headphones and i just listened to that fucker front to back and it was just something it was something about i was at a place in my life where things were going pretty well so i just i felt like a like very open to things and i really got to let that album kind of take me somewhere and it's weird narrative where it kind of starts at an ending and you could kind of play it back and forth and shit like that was kind of trippy and i just went on that journey when i got to the end and that's kind of what he started you know his his whole uh duckworth thing at the end and that story and and kind of some of the context for the album of you know if like you know if a then b then c then i ain't here Mm. you know and that totally changed the trajectory of my life kind of a thing so i don't know it just blew my mind and at the end i just cried because i was like holy shit that was a lot like it 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 had a lot of layers to it so i yeah that was the last one i did Mm um okay uh this is kind of a funny one uh were you afraid to get married and settle down no not really um i never kind of had that thought mostly because I, I i had been with erica like basically since high school um and i knew that <laughs> i wasn't gonna do any better so um i'm yeah, a settler probably true <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I, I, I would not really disagree with you on that right. in that department no i found uh, uh i found a girl that was willing to marry me and i was like all right let's do this then uh i am done um <laughs> Uh, I'm kind of joking about that, but, um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess like the question is, this is also probably not a good lightning round question, but <laughs> right. I mean, did you just, did you ever, I, I, I don't think everyone gets cold feet, but I think everybody has some iteration of like that, like yeah. at least where you sit down and really think about it. So I, I mean, like, did you have something like that? Did you get cold feet at some point? No, I didn't get cold feet, but I definitely had that realization where like you can't help but not think about like, oh, this is a huge decision, a huge commitment. Um, It's not like, you know, breaking up with a girlfriend like, you know, this one involves paperwork. And, um, you know, if if it doesn't work out, you have to get a divorce, which you have to carry around the rest of your life. Um, But um, so, yeah, there were some thoughts that went into it for sure, um, but not enough to make me, you know second guess or anything yeah 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 dope i don't know i was just curious as someone as a as a friend of mine who has a uh fairly successful marriage i guess it was just uh just i thought when i was typing up questions i was like i wonder i wonder if mitch has like a a funny story of like oh no i panicked for a minute (laughs) hey olive chill the fuck out (laughs) jesus christ she's back there meow meow knocking shit over (laughs) relax 
God. Uh, so, uh, the, yeah, the, why? I, I guess the other um, part of that is, do you um, have any kind of second thoughts about things? Because you are in a different position. You are engaged to be married, and uh, I'm kind of curious why you wanted to get my take on that. <laughs> Look, man, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I I I have a problem with commitment. Yeah, I do. I don't want to. I do because I'm not a monster. But in the same sense, it's like I will do better. This is the most committed I've been and the deepest I've ever been in a relationship. Obviously, I'm engaged, mm-hmm. right? Um, however. <laughs> That has caused me to freak out a little bit from time to time. Um, it's what I want to do. You know, it's just, I just, I think I'm a little bit different than most of my friends. I think that, like, I had a couple times in my life where I was able to kind of sow my wild oats a little bit. You know, I kind of got to be a little bit more, like, casual with relationships and things mm-hmm. that were going on. Um, but I was kind of good then. I didn't really have anyone who, like, Get, I get mad at how much she gives a shit about me. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, yeah, if she tells me that. how much salt I should put on my fucking food one more time, like I'm going <laughs> to drop kick her. All right. It's my food. I'm putting salt in it. All right. Right. <laughs> um, so, but that's just me. That's just like my own personal shit. So, yeah. I have had to really work on letting the fear go like because i also have parents who are not in a successful marriage at all Mm -hmm. so i have a lot of fear of that commitment and starting a family and fucking it up yeah that's that's another thing too because i didn't my my parents were amazing they you know they they they're we're still together till the end um and most of the people i knew were like that too so i mean i know divorce is a huge thing but i didn't see a lot of it personally so i didn't really have any fears about it because i hadn't seen the long-term effects on it it might have on you or family members or children so i knew it was kind of you know i knew it would it's a but this could happen but i didn't think it was serious because like oh that doesn't happen to anybody I know. Um, but also like, you know, whenever I would think about that kind of thing, like, yeah, I don't want somebody bugging me about how much salt I eat, but also like it, the, the positives way outweigh the negatives, like the, the, the ability to have someone in your life that is always on your team, for the most part (laughs) is just in itself really cool. Um, the ability to share your life with someone, share a bank account, share personal information that you don't necessarily share with anybody else. It's kind of cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Totally. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh at you. It kind of <laughs> sounded like you were just more excited to be like, yeah, I get to tell her like my social security number, and, like my passwords, <laughs> like the way you phrased it. Yeah, my PIN number. Like, yeah, my PIN number. No, that's not one of the best parts about marriage. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, no, and, and, and I just, over time, I've had to really be like, do I because because inevitably what happens is like we'll go to get food and she and I'll go to put salt on it. she's like I put salt on it already it's like well fuck it one more God, <laughs> we do this every time but then I'm like you know she knows I I've had a heart condition she cares about me mm-hmm. that's really nice because yeah. I've been with people who don't really care yeah so, right <laughs> so no it's it's I I know that I need to you know be with her and. And, uh, I am, I'm incredibly glad that I found somebody like we were, we were actually driving out to my mom's man. I was tired. I was in a bad mood and 
sure enough, she made me laugh the whole way there. Mm-hmm. Like, and and typically she's not very good at at telling jokes in the traditional sense, but man, she was getting me. <laughs> um, and she just busted. She had me busting up, and I was just in a better mood. And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. So, but I yeah, like I said, I think it's just a commitment thing. I think because I've I've you know been a, a kid of divorced parents and abusive parents, so. Uh, I, I just have a lot of fear, so mm-hmm. it's easier to have like, oh, I'll date this girl for a couple years, and when things kind of don't work out, I'll move on, and uh, you know, inevitably, and then I'll, you know, maybe I'll have a fling here or there, and then maybe I'll find somebody, and then I'll move, you know. Yeah, that feels like a comfort zone for me because I never have to stick it out with anybody. When yeah. she gets bad, I just leave. Right. Yeah. But that what's kind of surprising to hear about that is because I know you and I are both pretty similar in the fact that we are old souls, which is a nice way to say we're lazy and we don't want to do anything. Um, so what is wrong with finding someone that also doesn't really want to do anything either? Like the best thing is just like staying in on a Friday night, getting drunk, watching movies, playing video games. Like you love that. Agreed. No, <laughs> agreed. Makes, you don't seem like a, you don't strike me as the kind of guy who wants to go out and go on first dates at a bowling alley and <laughs> oh no i meant more of the booty call area sure sure yeah like hey what you doing i'll be there in a minute gotcha bye i'll see you next ramadan <laughs> <laughs> That feels safe because nobody ever gets hurt. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> so now now people can get very, very hurt, and that's what's like really kind of scary and hard for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, Ooh. oh, right, yeah, Good sorry. quick lightning round question, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm good at death. Um, so, yeah, my bad. I just, I like to hear from, I mean, but it's just like we always joke around. Well, we don't joke around. It's completely yeah. true. You and Erica are kind of like a power couple to us, mm-hmm. just like Aaron and Katie. Like we see how Aaron and Katie parent and have three kids, and they're all incredibly beautiful, incredibly uh, at times terrifying children who um, can do amazing things. And um, we see how they handle that and how they react to that. And then we see you and Erica who. Um, just have like a really loving, really cool, really sweet relationship. And I know you guys are a married couple like anybody else and you fight and stuff, but when you guys are together, it's just, I don't know, adorable because you guys don't really fight to when you guys have never really fought in front of me. And I just feel like if you guys fought all the time, you would just inevitably (laughs) have to fight in front of me. Right. Yeah. We, we don't, we, we rarely, yeah, we, 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 we fight every once in a while, but it's, it's few and far between. Um, all right. One last one last i'm really bad at lightning around questions this one's kind of a heavy question too (laughs) okay so what do you get jealous of or what makes you jealous of other people if anything um i get jealous of people that are more talented than me in certain aspects of their life. Um, I immediately thought of my buddy Colin, who I was hanging out with last night, and he's a guy who I he he's my power couple. Like he and his wife are, they've got their shit together. Um, they they they've been together a while, um, but also like he's an insanely talented musician. He can play drums. He actually played drums on the album I'm re- I'm recording. Um, oh, okay. And I um I showed him. Yeah, he's- and, 
He's good. He's amazing. He came over to my house and I showed him like the song I was working on, and he he'd like never really heard it before. He he just sat down and like ripped out this amazing drum beat, and then we were back in the studio and I was playing him the song. All right, this is what we're gonna do next. Um, and he just like grabbed a guitar that was hanging on my wall and started like shredding this solo improv over this like rhythm guitar part that I've been working on for like a year and a half. <laughs> and I was like, you son of a bitch. Um, but but the, he, he's also the kind of guy that like he when I was hanging out with him last night, he wanted to like get home and get a good night's sleep so he could wake up and practice like drums. I never want to do that. Like <laughs> he he yeah. actually has drive to improve upon his life. Um he's he's good at saving money. Um he's he's really good with money he invests. Um he never like goes out and spins needlessly. Um and I I just, the only this is getting really weird and long-winded, but, but um, I thought of him because like I definitely envy the type of discipline it takes to want to be that good an instrument and be to actually force yourself to practice. Um, but then also, yeah, every other aspect, like for you have this goal in your head, like in t- basically he's 27 and in 10 years he wants to be retired and he's well on his way to doing that. <laughs> so Damn. just and he, and he makes sacrifices in his day-to-day life like they don't go on vacation or anything they're pretty frugal um and i just see somebody like that like i i wish i had the discipline to do you know make that shit happen you know <laughs> yeah i know totally like and i i think that i would like 2000% agree with you that was going <laughs> to pretty much be my answer it's people who have their shit together and <laughs> right. Because it's just, like, I have such a mentality, like, I'm always, like, about a quarter of a, of the way from going to jail. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that motherfucker tests me, like, you think I give a fuck? <laughs> right. And it's a part of my personality I've really had to address, because I don't know why. Like, no, I don't want to go to jail. It's nothing yeah. is ever really worth that. <laughs> um but goddamn, if I, if I ain't ready, you cut me off in traffic, I'll, I'll do a fucking dime. You think I give a shit? <laughs> you think I'm afraid to catch a case? Yeah, th- that's, and I'm like, who is this person? I have never yeah. met this person. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just adulthood kicking you in the ass and like, yeah. fucking, I'll go to sit my ass in jail. I ain't got to pay fucking shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Taxes? Never heard of them. I'm in jail, bitch. <laughs> So, I respect the people who are just, like, light years ahead of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, and I get really jealous of that. Like, they don't let... It's like you said. They make those sacrifices daily to really have what they want. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I get jealous of is somebody was like, yeah, I wanted to fucking build a studio in a, in a, in a spare bedroom in my house. And they do. And it's not just like... A studio it's like an actual fucking studio and i'm yeah. like dude that's fucking crazy and i'm like oh man if i had a better job or i had more money i could do it and really that's not that's not why that's yeah. not why they do that they do that because they have the discipline to come home and not like fucking play call of duty like i do and drink beer they yeah. come home and work on their studio until they go to bed and go to work the next day yeah right like i i, I am jealous of people's discipline to really put in what they need to to achieve a goal so I, I agree. So I definitely yeah. know where you're coming from. I think that's a good answer. <laughs> cool. <laughs> right on, man. Yeah, well, good question. Uh, yeah, we're on the same kind of wavelength there. <laughs> I would say on the flip side, though, I can almost bet you that there's a lot of those people, though, 
who probably get jealous of a little bit more of our mentality who can be a little bit more carefree yeah yeah definitely there's a catch-22 for sure yeah like probably not anywhere near as much but they're like they're probably sometimes they're like man do i want to watch every single star wars movie today yeah kind (laughs) of i'm gonna do it (laughs) yeah right like i was like ah, i just wish i could and i'm on v on the other hand i'm just like hmm i just watched the prequels (laughs) maybe i should watch them again with commentary maybe i should do that yeah i haven't done that before (laughs) so so, and then after that i'm gonna watch the mandalorian just yeah (laughs) after that i'm going to uh actually i'm gonna watch the mandalorian backwards for easter eggs i'm gonna see if maybe there was something there maybe uh john favreau just put some stuff in there that i didn't see yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Colin's practicing scales. Like, <laughs> sucks to be you. I have learned. <laughs> I have learned the Mandalorian scale while you have sat there on your fat ass and watched the Mandalorian show. Exactly. To the Manda- is that a thing? I wonder what the no. Mandalorian scale. Would- I think you're thinking Mixolydian. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I was. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. They sound like that's me at a party. Like, yeah. I've dabbled in the Mandalorian scale. You know. <laughs> oh, there's also there's also a Dorian mode. So Mixolydian, Dorian, Mandalorian. All I right. See, I Mr. see your brain. <laughs> I see your brain. <laughs> Why do you know so much about scales? I took music theory. I was a music major for like a year and then I was like, fuck this. <laughs> oh yeah, you were. You were. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get into the meat and potatoes, which is kind of a goofy statement. I, I <laughs> we we've already talked a lot. I don't I don't think there's a whole lot to discuss here, but I thought it was an interesting thing. Uh, so we'll get into the what you think in here. So I'm going to read this, and then we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's where we're going to start. So this this is called the shopping cart theory. Okay. Okay. So the shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self governing. Um, to return the shopping cart. Is an easy, convenient task, and one which we all recognize as the correct, appropriate thing to do. To, re- to return the shopping cart is objectively right. There are no situations other than dire emergencies in which a person is not able to return their car, their cart. Simultaneously, it is not illegal to abandon your shopping cart. Therefore, the shopping cart presents itself as the apex example of whether a person will do what is right without being forced to do it. Mm-hmm. That, in a summation, is the shopping cart theory. Now, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if the shopping cart theory is an actual philosophical thing or just some dude on 4chan. Um, <laughs> I can see that. Y- yeah, because it kind of like... I, I, and I don't know who came up with it. I don't have any original sources. I just read this on Facebook. and I, and I I But I did think, huh, wherever this may have come from, it, I do think it is a actually incredibly good point because mm-hmm. that's what it is and it addresses that topic of like self-governing you're not punished for not doing it there is no really illegal or re- really almost any ramification for not putting back your shopping cart mm-hmm. um however we all can basically agree that it's the right thing to do so then why don't people and to me the the reason i wanted to talk about it is because i have friends and i know people who definitely are very very much done with late stage capitalism and and absolutely are just over capitalism the the whole way in our our Mm -hmm. modern society and i wouldn't completely disagree however 
um, when we start to talk about other other ways people can govern them, themselves and things like that. I just don't always agree because I'm like, you say that you may work in that environment, but most people don't. Most people are unable, in my opinion, to self-govern themselves. They, they will not objectively do the right thing. Therefore, unfortunately, we need a government or a society in which there is some kind of control because otherwise it still will be pando- like pandemonium. It, it will mm-hmm. be anarchy. I think we like to think that people intrinsically have the ability to do the right thing when no one is looking but I don't think we do as much. Mm-hmm. And I would I would argue that this is why um, religion has kind of started to bother me a little bit more in my later years. This is why, like, you know, a, a lot of these, it, it's, it's like we had that episode where we talked about me wanting to, like, I kind of started to, <laughs> to join the Jedi Temple and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I go back and forth with it still. um, But overall, I'm starting to reject a lot of the hippier things that I grew up believing. I'm starting to be like, no, fuck them. Like, I'm starting to have less and less empathy for people because I've seen the majority of people I think are shitty. Um, That doesn't mean that I want to, like, treat everybody that way. But it does, however, to me, change my overall scope of the world to be like, well... There's a reason that, like, you know, hippie communes turned into fucking the Manson family. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason it was Jonestown. And it, it's a reason it's fucking Scientology. Like, I'm sorry. People aren't intrinsically good. That, that, that's where this kind of lands me. So the, hmm. a lot to unpack there. But I, I wanted to kind of hear what you think about that in that context. Because we all have seen the person who will basically like kick their cart and it will like bump on the corral and like flip over and shit or knock over yeah, a trash can yeah. and they just get in their car and leave right to me that's case in point right there that people are not intrinsically good that we really don't actually give a shit about each other and i think sometimes especially related to like the pandemic and the quarantine yeah we like to rally behind shit like that but i i i'm the proof is in the pudding yeah that's that's interesting um because i um might be a little bit naive and this might be a kind of a chicken and egg kind of situation but i do believe that people are intrinsically good um there are obviously outliers um but i think for every outlier there is a reason for that um there's a reason people shitty people are shitty Shitty. um whether that was upbringing um you know their surroundings um because I, for the most part, like, you know, to use the shopping cart example, for the most part, I do see people putting their shopping carts away. Um, I, and that's, you know, no matter where I've lived, obviously there have been a few that I, that haven't put their shopping cart back in the corral, but for the most part, people do it. They've kind of decided upon like, this is what we should do as a community. Um, so let's just do it. Um, and speaking of the pandemic and everything, like, I have noticed, uh, you know, mostly at my work, um, there, uh, and even just kind of going out into the the you know the sh- the grocery stores and everything, like people are shittier right now more than they ever have been, I think, in American history. Um, but I think that's mostly because we've gone through so much trauma in the last year. Um, 
people have I, I, I try to get a better better perspective on why people are being such dickheads and I kind of feel a little bit sentimental, or I, I I understand where they're coming from because they might have had people in their family die. They might have, um, you know, they're probably freaked out about what could happen, what's going to go on, um, the you know the elections, politics. They're freaked out about the future of the country and the world. That's a lot of anxiety and a lot of trauma. Um, so I'm not surprised that people are, you know, storming Capitol Hill and being the worst that they've ever been because they're scared. <laughs> I don't I don't think that they were born scared. Stuff happened in their life to make them that way. I think that you brought up a very very good point. And I think that this might be a, a fairly large difference in our personalities is I think you're going to see everybody who puts the shopping cart back. I'm going to see everyone who don't. Oh, yeah. yeah. So so now I I think that I think I think you are right. I think me saying I don't think people are born intrinsically good is I think that's a little bit far fetched. I don't think mm -hmm. I believe that. So I'll, I'll backpedal. Mm -hmm. I think I do think that we all want to be good. And you yeah. are right. I, I do definitely agree that the circumstances of life have caused us sometimes not to be. And not that like ne neither one of us has said that we were perfect. So we probably have had our own shopping cart experiences where we've done the wrong thing where we easily could have just done the right thing mm -hmm. you know but um no i think that's actually i think that's a really valid point and i think that and i think that shows the difference between you and me uh yeah i'm gonna focus on the people who don't put the shopping cart back and i'm going to have a very dis and it's a and i'm also using this as a metaphor but i'm gonna have an intrinsic problem with that person Mm -hmm. But I'm going to miss all the people who put it back. Yeah, right. Well, you know, to use a shopping cart example again, like when I go to the grocery store and I'm out in the parking lot, I might see one or two shopping carts in the parking lot, not in the cart corral. Meanwhile, there's 30 carts in the cart corral. Like, that's pretty decent numbers. <laughs> good point. Good point. Now, I want to bring up... I want to bring up one more thing and then we can kind of talk about kind of kind of what I had texted you about where I thought yeah. this would go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to bring up the uh, the cart cop. Cart cart corral cop. You know what I'm talking about? No, you're you're not. looking at me very blankly. <laughs> you don't know. That. So there's the guy. He has a YouTube channel. He'll hang out in a parking lot and wait for people to not put their cart back and he'll run up and be like, oh, hey, hey, I'm the cart cop. Like, hey, sorry, uh, you got to put the cart back. <laughs> That's okay. why that's there. No, I haven't seen that guy. But yeah. Okay, I like it. <laughs> okay, so that's that's what he does, and um, he, he he's really funny and he's really nice. He's like, oh yeah, like oh yeah, I'll uh, and you know you gotta you gotta put the cart back, and this is where th this is where I, I start to still kind of lean into my point is that people will literally borderline fight this guy yeah. rather than yeah, put the cart I can see back. That. <laughs> So it's this weird thing of like, you're supposed to put the cart back. It's objectively the right thing to do. You don't put the cart back, okay? Then you're confronted in a in a in a in a relaxed in a, in, in a nice way of this guy just joking around, but still being like, "Hey, you should put the cart back." Then your response is, "Fuck you!" Like you know, you piece of yeah. shit. Fuck you! I ain't gotta put it back. <laughs> To me, right there, that shows our true nature as people. Yeah. So if you don't put the cart back, you're confronted with the decision, and then you respond to 
pretty much violence or just shouting and calling that person a piece of shit, then to me, while I, while I, I don't want to say people aren't born intrinsically good, but then I'm like, that's, that's not, (laughs) that's not very, uh, I find it pretty disheartening to, Mm -hmm. to really trust people. That, that I, I guess that would be a good example. So I guess like that's my that would be a little bit of a rebuttal to to your point is, yeah, but then the people who don't put the cart back are also like, fuck you, I don't have to put it back. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm like, well, that's that's not just putting the cart back. Right. Well, again, to, to that, I would say you have to kind of look at the circumstances, right? Like, um, yeah, they probably didn't expect to be called out for not putting the shopping cart back like you know they thought that they were doing this in you know secret like and they this guy nice as he may be is kind of like calling them out and being like hey just so you know you did this thing that's kind of like shitty um and rather than them having to admit that oh yeah i did just do something shitty they double down and they're like fuck you i don't care what you say um so the circumstance might be like you know I, I don't know. I don't want to like make excuses for these people, but I think the reason that they they might not just suck it up and admit it is because they didn't expect to get caught and they're embarrassed and they're they rather rather than admit it, they just want to double down and be like, yeah, "Okay, we're we're done here. I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm gonna cuss at you." I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you're right. I, I guess it's just like, what about us is so good where that's our reaction to it. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. what what about us is really that great? That, that I guess that's just what I keep going back to. Like are are we <laughs> are we really that good? I think we like to think we are. Yeah. And I like to think that we have some higher purpose and that, you know, it's like oh, we're all just, you know, part of a larger universe and all part of and it's like are we because really yeah. what I see is not that. I don't I don't see anybody really actually giving a shit. And I typically see the people who do give a shit. Yeah. Um typically chastise and it's really easy to make a Facebook post about a cause that you think is important as opposed to here's the best example, Mitch. It's really easy for us to sit on the podcast and say how much we agree with Black Lives Matter, but what have we done? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can tell you that honestly, in my heart of hearts, I have done actually nothing mm-hmm. to help anybody who is a person of color. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of guilt for that because I'm just like, I mean, I could say it all day long, but I haven't done anything. Right. Am, am I a good person for agreeing with it and caring and talking about it? Or am I a bad person because I haven't done anything? Yeah, right. Well, I, I mean, I, I definitely hear that. Um, I, I got, I had some friends that went to like the Black Lives Matter protests here in Fort Wayne and they like invited me and for, you know, for reasons I just, I didn't go because mostly I was scared of like, you know, what could happen here. I, I didn't want it to turn violent. I didn't want any part of that. Um, so I, I think my reasons are valid, but still I do think back and kind of regret not being there to see it in person and, you know, uh, not that I, you know, yeah, I, I still don't know how I feel about that, but you're totally right. Um, I think everybody has this kind of like more, this internal moral code of ethics that they say that they live by, but when it comes down to it, um, 
you, you're right, man. I, I mean, I will kind of backpedal and say you're, everybody is looking out for number one. Like your priorities, for the most part, are number one. And yeah, you can help out. A, you know, you can care about people and try to be a good person to others until it infringes upon your personal happiness. And then that's where I will admit, like most people are like, okay, well, I'm going to do what makes me happy because it's me. <laughs> I, I I mean yeah and and I guess it's just like I I have a lot of passion for a lot of things in life and but I find myself not doing anything to contribute to that other than just being in agreement mm-hmm. and I feel like like what's that quote like true evil is when good men do nothing yeah yeah so and I resonate with that because and I would even take it a step further to say are they good men if they don't do nothing? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think a person should be defined by one action. I, I do agree that with almost every sense. I, yeah. I really do because I have made terrible, terrible decisions and I've hurt people I very, very much care about in a moment of not truly weighing the consequences of my actions. I don't mm-hmm. think that makes me bad. However... I, I do have to go back and address what that is because if I don't address what that is and I don't get to the bottom of why I made the decision or or I continue to make said decision, that's what makes me a bad person. Yeah. But I have a lot of I have a lot of trouble now really saying like I am a good person. Like I don't know. I really feel like I'm like everybody else and I feel like we're all kind of shitty because yeah. it's really I'm I'm just I don't know, man. Like that's how I feel. It's real easy to be on Facebook and be like, man, you know. You know, Black Lives Matter. You know this, this, that, and the other. And and I'm and I'm, I'm not saying that that person doesn't really feel that way, or you don't really feel that way. But honestly, what have you done? And I and I could tell you right now, I ain't done shit, which makes mm-hmm. me feel like a bad person. I don't feel like I'm a good person. Right. But also, like, this is a whole. You know, what can you do? Like, obviously, yeah, I support the Black Lives Matter movement, but is posting on Facebook about it going to help anything? No. And to an extent, is going to the protest going to help anything? Not really. You're just another white guy in the crowd standing in the way. Um, You can try to educate people, but people don't listen. (laughs) I mean, once again, uh, yeah. You can't change anybody's mind. So, I I guess, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, but I guess, but but that that, that seems complacent. And that seems like the same thing. Yeah. So what can I do? I don't know. I hope, I hope y'all figure it out. I hope they stop killing black people. Cause I, well, what do I do? What do I do? I mean, you can do yeah, something. And, I, and mean, I definitely don't want to be come off as like complacent because I'm not okay with that, but I genuinely don't know what to do. And if I did, I would do it. Like no, I'm passionate it, about it. <laughs> and I really do agree. I'm just playing devil's advocate because yeah, I, right. I know you are, you, you are very passionate and you're one of yeah. your, you, you, you help me. You have been a very good voice of reason during a lot of things in, in regards to the podcast. Um, just, you know, it's like you, you've, you've let me be more opinionated because I have a tendency mm. to not want to address those things. And I'm always really appreciated of how, you know, you push for that. Um, so that's, that's, that's a few different points. What we could kind of yeah. get into maybe a little bit, maybe we don't have to get into very deep. The reason I kind of want to talk about this is because I think the shopping cart theory can also now be transferred over into anti-maskers. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, <laughs> kind the, of. 
Kind of, but I think it's still the same general idea. Because yeah. a pandemic hit, and our government, our scientists, our medical community basically said, wear a mask. That's the best thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Wear a mask. Is it 100% effective? No. Will it fucking help? Yes. For the love of God, please. Mm-hmm. People then took that information and said, I don't want to wear a mask. Fuck you. And to me, it's the same fucking thing. The mask yeah. does not intrinsically hurt you. At most, it's a minor inconvenience as it would be to put a shopping cart back. Yeah. However, people were vehemently not wear the mask. Yeah. And um, I when when everything like first went down, I was kind of on the when it first started, I was one of those people that was like, I'm not going to wear a mask. I look stupid as hell. That's stupid. What's the point? But then as I listened to science and, um, you know, read articles and educated myself, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's the very least I can do. And who cares if I look, you know, goofy? And then it got to the point where like you're go- you're goofy looking if you're not wearing a mask like everybody does now. So it, the script kind of flipped it there. Um, so uh, and the other th- part of that is like I don't think that they're not wearing a mask because they well I mean yeah they they definitely don't care about other people but also they were told by their president that they vehemently follow that masks don't really help anything. And the types of people that don't wear masks are the types of people that don't want anyone to infringe on their freedoms. You know, again, it comes back to that looking out for number one thing. Yeah, I'll help you out, but not if it, you know, uh, uh, you know, does anything to deter my happiness and my freedom. Like, it's just so such an insane opinion but by the way (laughs) agreed but that would once again bring me back to kind of like a little bit of my original point well yeah that's because we're shitty yeah (laughs) that's because we're not intrinsically good and we're not all gonna live in a hippie commune where everything's fine and we actually take care of each other no we're nobody is ever going to fucking do that and if you do do that then you're gonna end up you know writing die pigs die in blood in a hollywood mansion somewhere because you're gonna fucking get brainwashed into this fucking cult so i'm obviously being a little bit hyperbolic in this whole thing i do want to point that out however i will say that i do agree with a lot of this i mean i I do i I do think a lot of this and it's just and and that's my opinion i understand that the mass became a political thing once again though that just steers me back to <laughs> that's we are going to care more about our politics than people mm-hmm. and i think that is terrifying yeah well it's polarizing man like this is a whole other topic of conversation but like facebook I, I, is one of the worst things to ever happen in the world because it's you know the way their algorithms work is they want you to be able they want you to be on Facebook as long as possible so they they allow you to pick and choose who you're friends with if there's someone that you don't agree with politically um, you can delete that person and never see them again so and it's kind of like YouTube does the same thing if you go if you watch a video that is you know 
borderline Republican, it will then recommend you all of these in crazy right-winged uh, videos, and then boom, all of a sudden you're a crazy right-wing conspiracy theorist. Um, it's social media is an echo chamber for people that just want to be validated. So they have been absorbing the content that they want to absorb for so long that they don't have the ability to see the other side of the aisle. So it's. Here, it's 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 terrible. Here 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 would be a question for you. Do you think you've done the same thing? Absolutely, I have. Yeah, and I'm yeah I'm I'm not yeah because I actually went on a um, Facebook friend purge the other day. <laughs> um, there were I had a few friends that were posting about you know the good things that were happening at Capitol Hill, and I'm like, I am never talking to you again. Um, because I don't care what you have to say because you're wrong, which is again you know, kind of, kind of on me for being like, I'm going to shut you down and I'm not even going to listen to what you have to say. And they're doing the same thing. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I'm not disagreeing because, you know, we're, we're going to be right there in agreement with everything. So it's not mm -hmm. like, I, you know, I'm, I guess it's just like, that's why I, I guess I just, that's why the shopping cart theory, like has made me think about so many things. And it really just kind of led me back to a road of kind of rejecting, the prominent ideas in religion, the prominent ideas in spirituality, the prominent... It, it just made me recognize that we are all just fucking animals on mm -hmm. a planet in a infinite universe, and we don't fucking matter. Yeah. And I think the only thing we can do with our time here is to drink up every ounce of life that we possibly can and 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 you know be good people and do those things that are intrinsic in the ideas of religion and spirituality and betterment of society 100% um but i but i have to i have to question a lot of that because it still also feels like it is a, an agenda for things to accomplish it's an agenda for people to accomplish th accomplish the things they really want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And I just... I read a Facebook post the other day. And basically this Facebook post was... It's one of... The, I fucking... Oh man, I don't know. I'm trying to choose my words carefully. It was a post from a position of a religious perspective that basically say... It basically says something along the lines of, I don't want to be political. And, you know, we got to remember what's really important. Um, and, you know, we know what the truth is and we know what's right. And that was the whole post. And I'm like, you didn't say anything. Yeah. You didn't say anything. What do you believe? You didn't <laughs> right. fucking say anything. And, and that's, uh, I've had a bigger and bigger problem with that. Mm -hmm. later in life and i and i don't want to rally against any particular group of people and i i just i'm having a, a pretty big problem with that because i'm like you're not fucking saying anything you are yeah. not actually taking a stance you're barely taking a religious stance you're not saying anything Mm -hmm. And if you're and, and you're it, also more more egregious, you're also not listening. You're not willing to move on this. You're you it doesn't matter what evidence i show you you don't care it, it it it's just at least be 
man enough or woman enough to stand up and say, I think this is wrong. Yeah. That's what pisses me off. A lot of people did it during Black Lives Matter. A lot of people did. That were from a a religious thought process. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't say it. They wouldn't say it. Just pray. Just, Just trust God. Remember. Remember God. You're not fucking saying anything. So you're yeah. just as bad as the people who rally against them. That's fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Do not yeah. hide behind that shit. That is embarrassing. You don't know. No, I actually came across a few of those Facebook posts myself, like either like, you know, preachers I once knew or something like, you know, Christian people that would, you know, they would basically just try to, in a way, discredit everything that's happening right now by saying, like, no matter what happens, God is the true. He, God reigns over everything. It doesn't matter who's president. Um, we, we worship God and him alone. And I'm like, yeah, I, I like the sentiment behind that. Um, I get yeah, it. God, you know, God doesn't care about politics i don't think he would be republican or liberal um but you're being naive and you're ignoring the problems because it's not your fucking problem if it was your fucking problem you'd have an opinion (laughs) exactly yeah At, at least i will say i agree with this or i don't agree with this because i don't have a fucking agenda Mm Hmm. Okay. Until yeah. it's your problem, you you're not going to make it your problem. You're going to hide behind your agenda, which unfortunately is your religion. I mean, it's it's just naive to think that it's not an agenda yeah. for you. It's how you yeah. base everything in your life around. <laughs> right. Um, we text we texted about this a little bit. I guess this might be a good time to bring it up. I ran into I have a funny story. I ran into an anti masker um, at Half Price Books last week. Oh um, yeah, I forgot I forgot <laughs> you brought that up. Yeah, so I was I was at Half Price Books buying some records, um, and it was on my lunch break at work, and um, I, uh, I I was just you know sorting through what they had, and which is fairly close to the door. And this guy walked in, and I wasn't really paying any attention. But then I heard the woman like behind the counter or girl like 19 year old girl um was like um she was super polite she was like sir do you have a mask you can put on and he w- just launched into this fucking diatribe about like you don't have any right to tell me i have to wear a mask um it's not constitutional and she said something bullshit like that and she was just like trying to calm you know everybody down and she she didn't have anything bad to say she was just like can i well i can go, i can go get the manager if, if, you, if you'd like it, it, it you know obviously trying to say it's not my rule like don't yell at me which i'm fully on board with like don't yell at a 19 year old girl making minimum wage exactly. um because you decide that this girl is infringing upon your freedoms um and then this went on for like a full minute of just like him spouting off this bullshit about how it's you know a constitutional right that they have to you know serve him even though he's not following the rules not wearing a mask um and then finally he eventually was just because she kept saying all she said and i wish she would have just like had the balls to yell at him and tell him how much of an ass he was being um but she was just like i'll go go get the manager okay um and everybody was just kind of like staring at this guy and you could tell like and i in hindsight man i wish i would have like had the balls to say that because i didn't i just sat there and like watched everything go on um i wanted to say uh the ben shapiro section's over there (laughs) i thought about like after he left (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i didn't say that i wish i would have though oh my god that dude <laughs> but no he eventually ended up leaving because he didn't feel like doing business with a company that yeah or that it was fucking worth it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> 
But yeah, man, I just have, have you ever had any run-ins like that? Have you seen people like that? Not really. I have a lot of people who will come into my work and they'll be like, "Oh, sorry, I forgot my mask." And most of my yeah. face-to-face interactions are like fucking thirty seconds. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's okay, it's whatever. I don't, I don't care enough to go through this whole thing with you, but you didn't forget your mask. Mm-hmm. You didn't. Which, once again, just brings you kind of back to the shopping cart thing. I feel like you're a shitty person because yeah, you didn't definitely. forget your mask. You don't yeah. have one. We have some sitting right there. You would rather not put on a mask at all just so you could mm-hmm. get in and get out and not wear a mask. But you instead lie to me and tell me that you forgot your mask. Right. What are we doing, man? Like, <laughs> come on. Have an ounce. Like, I'm I'm not saying that I'm a great person. I'm, I'm just saying that's like blatant. Like, my day-to-day interaction with people, like, I look them in the eye. You know, I apologize if I bump into them or... You know, if I didn't put a shopping cart back or I flick like, OK, a thing is, is I flick my cigarettes out the window or I flick them on the ground. If somebody honestly mm-hmm. was like, hey, don't flick your cigarette on the ground, I'd be like, you know what? You're right. My bad. I'd pick up yeah. a cigarette, rub it out, put it in my pocket and I'd move on with my day because that mm-hmm. is the right thing to do. I'm choosing the bad thing to do. Yeah, it, it just I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm self-aggrandizing here. Maybe you know what I mean? Maybe I'm wanting to put myself on a pedestal because i'm like well i feel like i'm right and i feel like i do the right thing and all everyone else is bad but i think what i'm trying to say is through introspection and self-realization i feel just as bad as though those people and that's kind of like my issue i guess is like i'm not i'm not sitting on a cloud of like man we're really all good we really just want what's best for each other and i'm starting not to feel that way i I really haven't felt that way in a long time i think we we want to be the ones who are right and we will only double down on the things that confirm how we feel that 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 make us feel that we're correct right yeah but we're right everyone else is wrong let's beat the people who are wrong that's how i feel and yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. just society. Maybe maybe I'm putting too much stock in. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. That makes a really good point because, like, to start this out, like, I was full on board. Like, oh yeah, people are good. There's a few outliers, but you know, the more we go on, the more I definitely see like there are, you know, myself included, like there are some generally bad habits and things we do when people aren't looking because we it's the easiest for us and we don't want to be infringed upon. Um, but my, I, I, my biggest issue with that is like, what do we do with that? It's like, I've, <laughs> I've, I've gone my whole life thinking that, oh yeah, people are good. I think a certain way, like, you know, put in a position, I think that we would choose to do the right thing and come together. <sighs> But now, like, I, I still want to believe that people are good so much. The fact that I'm kind of like fooling myself into trying to believe it. I just I don't want to live in a world where I know everybody's an asshole. <laughs> Agreed. It's hard to swallow. But see, OK, I'm, I'm going to offer one last thing and we'll wrap this up. If we're not all intrinsically good. Then we're at the very least intrinsically neutral. You know, let's maybe not get extreme here. I'm not going to say we're all intrinsically bad. Let's say we're intrinsically neutral because we can make a moral decision. However, we operate on animalistic instincts. Okay, so we're intrinsically neutral. 
if you live in a world full of assholes, you're just another asshole. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't change the fact that that person that is an anti-masker and comes into half price books, he, you are no better than him. Mm -hmm. You might think you are, but you're not. You are no fucking better than him. He was born and he will die just as you. And he will be subjugated to the dark entropy of the universe as we all will. Therefore, I would wager that that's maybe something we have to remind ourselves of. And I think we can actually operate in the same kind of sphere of we should do right by people. We shouldn't get in these giant arguments. We shouldn't get in these fistfights with people. We, because intrinsically, we are all a bunch of assholes on a rock in a universe that will eventually decay and die. Mm -hmm. So I think that you can operate from a place of love without it needing to serve some giant higher purpose. It's just, we're just two assholes on a rock. <laughs> yeah. And you don't know anything about that person. Is it necessary to be the one who's right? That's what, that's what I would say. Is it necessary for you to be the one that's right? Or is it necessary for you to be the one that's kind? Mm -hmm. That's my only thought. If if yeah, if if it's if it's if it's a dark thought to think that we're on a rock with a bunch of assholes, we're all the asshole. You, yeah. you, you feel me? Like <laughs> we're all the asshole. <laughs> so right, right. We're not the ones that are right. And I think like throughout this entire podcast, I, I think that's that's weirdly what I'm relating it back to. We've talked a lot about about how we feel and what we feel that's right, and that's true. I never I'm, I would never say don't stand up for what you believe in. However, when you're face to face with that person, when you deal with those human interactions, you got to somehow you got to somehow take the higher ground. And it's it's not important for you to be right. It's important you f to elicit change. Mm -hmm. And I think those are two different things. And I think we get them mixed up a lot. There is some gray area, though, um, because true. The one of the one of the you know bring it back to like social media like the reason there's such an echo chamber effect is because there are it's the only it, to an extent social media is like the only platform we have to get our ideas out there and if we so vehemently believe in this idea wouldn't it make sense to try to want to elicit change by posting something on Facebook which is in a sense the only platform we have um I forget where I was going with that, and I forget the original question, but it just made me think about, like... Well, let me... You know... Yeah, let, let, let me try to guess, because I think I know what you're saying, is, like, that. that's why you maybe make the Facebook post, is because, like, if I'm a person who I don't know how I feel, and all my friends are like, this is, you know, like, yeah, you know, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives... You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm just going to use that as an mm -hmm. example. If, if all my friends are, are towing the line with Black Lives Matter and our ingredients and what they're doing or not even what they're doing but what they stand for and the reason they're doing it that might swing me you know what i'm saying that might make me yeah. think i don't know how i feel about it but i you know all my friends are really with people and in the end yeah you know i don't want black people to be hurt because they're black mm -hmm. i mean it's a pretty simple premise and it's a premise that everyone would agree with 
if it didn't have like a caveat to it you know what i'm saying yeah. if it, if they if they didn't want to swing it into like well what did the black person do it's like well that's but do they deserve to be hurt like you know the answer to the question you're just making it more complicated than the question i posed yeah exactly <laughs> you're not answering the question <laughs> So one one positive that kind of came from if, if there is a positive that came from the Capitol Hill act of terrorism um, is that I, I am friends with quite a bit of Republicans. Also, you know, even my dad texted me and he was like, hey, I know we don't, you know, always see to eye, eye to eye on political issues. But just so you know where I stand on this. This is a terrible thing that's happening. Um, and I feel like that's the general consensus for most right wing people, even. They are willing to admit, like, I do follow Trump, but this is fucked up and this is where it ends for me. Um, there are, you know, even politicians that are willing to risk their future careers. Like, you know, Mike Pence comes to mind. Like, I've always hated Mike Pence, but yeah. the fact that he drew the line and was like, I will have no part in this, despite Trump basically threatening his career and family um, gives me a little bit of hope. <laughs> so um, I think there is some sensibility in people that, you know, you might not think otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it sucks that it had to come to that, but, uh, well, apparently there's the line. Yeah. Domestic acts of terrorism. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's a pretty fair line. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they have that yeah. line. <laughs> We'll wrap this up. I I, I I found this very interesting. Like I said, a little bit of an old school yeah. episode where we get to rant and rave about our fucking manifestos. <laughs> um, right, exactly. So, yeah. I don't know. It's just, for whatever reason, the shopping cart theory made me go, as we can tell, pretty deep into my thought process about like human nature. And uh, it kind of blew my mind. So I don't know where this comes from. Maybe the shopping cart theory, like there's like an actual like philosopher who could be like, wow, the problem with the shopping cart theory. <laughs> I'm sure they could probably do that. Yeah. But the whole the whole thing is, though, is it got me to think a lot deeper about human nature, human understanding and and, and really made me sit back and just like I'm going to always stand up and say what I believe. But I'm just tired of being angry all the time. And mm-hmm. I don't want to be as angry as these people as I think we all feel that we should be. Mm-hmm. We're all a bunch of assholes on a rock, man. Like we gotta, <laughs> we gotta chill the fuck out eventually. Exactly. So, um, anyways, Mitch, you want to do watch the cranking call today? Yeah, yeah. Let's get into it. Let's wrap this puppy up. Um, what you been cranking? I have been cranking. Um, uh, check out a super obscure funk band from the 70s called Black Nasty. <laughs> it is nasty. Um, <laughs> it is indeed kind of nasty. Um, so I kind of discovered this this um, this band by there's a guy I've been following on on YouTube lately. Uh, he's got a YouTube channel. He's he also has a record store called Noble Records. Basically, the gist of him is he owns a record store and he. Um, has a YouTube channel that's all about like you know bands he's been getting into, which records are worth a lot, which aren't. One of the things he likes to do is like just show his like weekly hauls. He'll go like and buy out people's collections to sell in the store, and he'll like open my eyes to like some bands I've literally never heard of. But he's like, oh yeah, these guys are awesome. So um, there's a funk band that put out an album in 1973 called Talking to the People, and it's kind of like um, it kind of reminds me of a little bit of like funkadelic um uh you know george clinton that kind of thing and it it's just super fucking fun to listen to apparently they're based in detroit 
um, which is cool. So I don't really know much about them, but um, check them out. It definitely gets you in the mood. (laughs) (laughs) Dope, dope. Um, All right, yeah, the... What I have been cranking a little bit of, uh, kind of sporadically, but I have, is a band that I think we may have talked about, but never ended up on the playlist, and that's uh, Days of the New. Oh, yeah, okay. Kind of a childhood band for me, but just going back to them, I think they're really weird, like, psychedelic acoustic grunge is the best way I can yeah. describe them. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, check out Days of the New. Um, I was going to have you put uh, Flight Response uh that song onto the yeah, playlist okay. i think that's a that's a good summation of kind of what they do but uh yeah it's really interesting uh the lead singer travis meeks has a pretty tragic story the dude got addicted to crystal meth at some point i don't actually know if he's clean i don't know if he's making music anymore he was actually on a and e's intervention hmm, okay. um he had an episode on there um so pretty sad but uh the guy actually kind of also composed like they have a couple songs that are actual like compositions like where it's like an orchestra and everything um so really interesting musician i think he's awesome but yeah check that out it's a band i think we've talked about before so i thought they needed to yeah. be on the, the the playlist right yeah that's awesome man yeah you you, you again you kind of got me into them too I, I wasn't really familiar with them but um I, I remember there for a while i was obsessed with the song touch peel and stand yeah um I like I, I I I I listen to it all the time. I like learned it on guitar, um, and one of the reasons I like it so much is because it's like an acoustic grunge song that's like in drop D, um, which you know for the music I listen to, I don't hear that a lot. You you might have, but um, uh, and it was it's super fucking fun to play. By the way, if you haven't, just it's a it's a good jam. So I knew it at one point. <laughs> I I haven't known it in a while, yeah. but yeah, I did know it at one point. And a lot of days of new songs are that way. I mean, some of them are fucking impossible because um, yeah. I really do think <laughs> Travis Meeks is an incredible guitar player. Um, but yeah, no, it's weird. It's like when you listen to a days of new album, it's acoustic, but it still fucking rocks. It rocks. And yeah. I think I've been searching my whole life on how to do that. Yeah, that definitely reminds me of the kind of music you do. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> I think it's such a big influence for me that it's just, I, I just can no longer ignore it. And I just like, I yeah. got to figure out how they fucking did it, dude. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't. <laughs> I still really don't understand like how it just fucking jams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We will be back next time uh, with all your filthy cheese bags. And uh, we'll... Uh, you know, we'll solve the rest of the world's problems, probably, you know, as we tend to on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye. All right. Well, see you later, assholes. See you later, assholes. <laughs>